0: Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida.
1: What was he saying to the people that absolutely shocked them out of their mind? Here's what he was saying. I'm the fulfillment of the 700-year-old prophecy. I'm the Messiah. I am the Son of God, I am God, and God has sent me to do all these ministry gifts. I'm going to meet the need of every single person that will allow me to touch their life.
0: If you've been a Christ follower for some time, then you know that Jesus came to this world to save the lost. We all need a savior, but once that has happened, we have another purpose, which is to continue Jesus' ministry. Is life changed the course of everything? And it's the responsibility of believers to communicate that truth to others. People in need, hurting and confused, we're to be a light to them, an example of life amidst death. As we'll hear today, when he was walking the earth, Jesus made it abundantly clear who he is. We have an opportunity to continue spreading that message. So there's no doubt that there is a living God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25, for our continuing series entitled, How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything.
1: need you and you need me or any of the pastors that are teaching you we need to be together we're a family and not just during the holiday season make it a habit Jesus went to the synagogue as was his habit now look at verse 25 again you're right there look at the end of it and all the more as you see the day approaching now if you don't have any Christian background you don't understand what that means What that's talking about is as we get closer to the end of time, the rapture, the tribulation, the second coming of Jesus Christ, depending on your belief, here the rapture for us, then the seven years tribulation, and then the thousand year millennium as we come to that whole period of time. As we get closer... What's he saying? Why the emphasis on the last Make sure you're regularly in church under the sound of the word encouraging each other worshiping as we get to the end of time. Why? Because at the end of time There's going to be more and more deception. Satan knows he doesn't have much time, so he's going to pour it all out. In fact, we know there's going to be all kind of artificial miracles and amazing things to deceive people. Satan is real. He's a great deceiver. Now, I want to show you a passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it to you. Notice Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says this. Timothy, preach the Word of God. By the way, in case you want to know what I'm doing, I'm preaching the Word of God, not Time Magazine. I'm not giving you a sermonette for a Christianette. I'm preaching the word of God. Next, be prepared. Speaking to us as pastors. Whether the time is favorable or not. By the way, it's not a favorable time to preach the word of God today. Have all kinds of people making fun of us. Especially pastors. Patiently correct. I just tried to do that. Patiently. Be here regular. Patiently. Patiently correct. Rebuke. I did a little of that. And encourage your people with good teaching. Now, some days I do better than that, and other days. When I don't teach good, it's your fault. (laughs) No, just pray for me, because I want to be a good teacher. And encourage your people with good teaching. Now, why why the emphasis? Watch this. For there's a time. There's a time coming. By the way, we're in the time. We're in the end times. There's a time coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching but they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers and by the way they'll find many of them who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear but what do people want to hear? it's exactly what they're hearing from many places today you can really lie about your income tax because the government's not using the money wisely. You know that stimulus? They wasted all money. So just cheat on your income tax. It's okay. And give more money to God then. That'll not justify it. You need to work hard? Forget it. Let the government provide for you. You don't need to work. I mean, that's up. that says in the Bible, if you don't work, you don't eat. That's old school. Don't worry about it. Just go on whatever. Let the government provide for you in any way. Oh, teenager. Man. As long as you have that condom on, you can have premarital sex. Just don't get HIV. The rest of it is have a nice life. Single? Well, for sure you got to live with the person and see if you're compatible. I mean, what's this thing with the Bible says don't have sex before marriage? That's old school. And divorce? How many times do you need to get divorced? Please, you just, you just divorce as many times as you want. Have as many affairs as you want. It doesn't matter. And oh, really, at, at the age of seven, you knew you were a homosexual or lesbian. It's okay. In fact, as a pastor, we're hearing this now. It's happened recently twice in the United States where a pastor got up in front of his congregation, evangelical pastor, and said this, I've always been a homosexual. I've taken those those drives and pushed them down, but I cannot do it any longer, and I'm divorcing my wife and my three kids that I raised, and I'm going to practice the lifestyle of homosexuality. And by the way, I'm still the pastor of your church. That's where we're at. We're warned about it. Now, if you're a young child and you go to a church and that's what's taught you, you don't know any different. But I want you to see the last verse. Now, before we read the verse, look at me. It just you're gonna you look at this screen, but I want you: to, What word did I have you memorize in the beginning? It was on the advertisement, wasn't it? That we believe what? That Jesus Christ is a myth. Watch what Paul says. 2,000 years ago. Man, when I read this, I had had a Jerusalem march in my home. Which just means I got excited like that. Watch this. Look at verse 4. Here's prediction. 2,000 years ago from God. They, the people that don't like God, will reject the what? Which is truth. The Bible. They will reject truth and chase after, hello, God says, this. Is God powerful or what? He knew. And here are these guys that think they're so wise. They're commercial. Their billboard says, it's a myth. God says, it's not a problem. I knew that. You're believing. You are believing the myth. My son is real. You didn't understand the wisdom of God today, guys. The wisdom of God is amazing. Now, What's the problem? What's the problem? Most agnostics and atheists are clueless. They've never been exposed to the word of God. They'll tell you it's false, but they've never been exposed to it. Uh, the thing that I went through with just a little bit of what Jesus, said, they're clueless. And so we have to pray for them because their eyes can be open. One day, Saul on the road to Damascus didn't believe in Jesus. He knew he was a person. He certainly believed in the Messiah. His eyes were open. He called it a myth. He would write the same thing later. So let's go back to Luke chapter 4, where you've been. And let's see what Jesus reads and what it sounds like and what relevance that has to do with you and me. Quickly, Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day went into the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah... The Bible was in scrolls in those days. In the synagogue, just like it is today in Jewish synagogues, it's put away in a cabinet and they bring them out in the service. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Now how did Jesus know where to turn in the Old Old Testament book of Isaiah? How did he know where to turn there? Because he went to the Sabbath, to the synagogue as it was his custom. He was used to turning to where it was. I'm trying to get across to you. (laughs) That's how he knew where to turn. Because he was familiar with it. He was taught the Old Testament in synagogue. He was taught the Old Testament in the home. Jesus knew so much about the Old Testament. One day, right after his resurrection, he was on the road to Damas and two disciples were there and they, they didn't know he was resurrected. They didn't know it was Jesus. They were all bummed out. Man, we thought this was the answer and our, our Savior died and he's dead. It's over with. And Jesus began to talk with them. And he puts this amazing Bible study for them. Look at Luke twenty four twenty seven, And beginning with Moses, this is Jesus teaching, and all the prophets, which means he was in all the Old Testament, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures, notice the last two words, concerning himself. That's a Bible study I'd like to have. See, Jesus knew where he was predicted all through the Old Testament. It was never a myth, it was always God's plan from the beginning of time. Now, we're going to do what Jesus did. Where did Jesus turn? He turned in the book of Isaiah. To where the prophecy was. How did Jesus know to turn to that prophecy? Well, that was directed by God. So we're going to do what Jesus did. Now, if you're new, you won't have any clue where to turn. But So we're going to give you a cheat sheet. It's okay. Isaiah. So it's more than just a little more than halfway through the Old Testament. When you get near Ecclesiastic, Song of Solomon, in between that and Jeremiah, you find Isaiah. So turn there and go to Isaiah 61 in your Bibles. Go there. This is important. Because we're doing exactly what Jesus did. The people, by the way, knew this passage. The people in that synagogue knew it was a messianic passage. They knew it was the passage predicting what the Messiah would do. Of course, they don't know that Jesus is connected with it at all. Just that he's going to teach from it. Well, look what it says. It's Isaiah 61.1 the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. By the way, written 700 years before Jesus. Because the Lord has appointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness for the prisoners. Verse 2 To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. The people knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. For you and I, this is simply an Old Testament prophecy, had a little bit of connection in the Old Testament, but it was all a picture of who the Messiah would be and what his ministry would be. It was something that the Jews had always been looking for. Of course, they don't relate it at all to Jesus. Now, flip back, if you will, to Luke 4. We'll talk about one of the sections that he doesn't mention in verse 2 later on in our teaching. But if you look at Luke 4, where you've been, verses 18 and 19, it's exactly the same as we just read. So it's an absolute duplicate, and Jesus read this, and look at what happened in verse 20. Then he rolled up the scroll, he just made the statement, he just read it, they all knew it, he rolled up the scroll, and he gave it back to the attendant, and Jesus sat down. You see, in those days, the teacher would sit down. I'd like to bend in the old days, you guys stand, I'll sit. <laughs> he sat down. Look at verse 20 in the eyes of everyone in the synagogue, were fastened on him. And he began his sermon by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You could have heard a pin drop. What a bold and amazing statement that Jesus makes at the opening of his sermon. What was he saying to the people that absolutely shocked them out of their mind? Here's what he was saying. I'm the fulfillment of the 700-year-old prophecy. I'm the Messiah. I am the son of God. I am God. And God has sent me to do all these ministry gifts. I'm going to meet the need of every single person that will allow me to touch their life. So just write this down. You can add to it however you like. But this was an amazing, bold statement. It shocked the Jews. Jesus said, I'm God. You can add behind the word God, Messiah. I'm the Messiah. I'm the promised one. I'm the fulfillment. And I have been sent... To meet your needs. I'm God. I am the Messiah. Now, what Jesus was saying was this. As he talked to these Jewish people, they had all kinds of hurting needs, just like all of us do. And in a moment, I'm going to fulfill what that looks like. For you and me. You say, Pastor Mark, what in the world does any of this have to do with me? Well, here's what it has to do. We're going to do something we've never done. We're going to take our red bracelets off. We're done with the red bracelets. Because God gave me a new one. You're going to get a new blue bracelet. So take your red bracelets off. We're done with them. That's not ungodly. It wasn't like a religious deal. Now, what does the blue bracelet say? Here it is. Our God provides, believe, and enjoy. So I'm going to tell you how in the world that's going to work. How that, We're going to wear these for the next year. Now, as they pass them out to you quickly, here's what I want you to do. Everybody just take one. Well, my spouse isn't here, my friend. No, take one. Just one. They, when it gets over 70 degrees, they can come and get their own. I put that one in there just for fun. All right. Uh, So just take one. If you're in the comments, you know, I got home last night, of course, and I got up early this morning and I went to my computer and I got an email from somebody in Fort Collins, Colorado. Pastor Mark, I had my Roku on last night and I watched the service. Would you please send me a blue bracelet? So if you're watching from all over the world, you want a blue bracelet, here's how you do it. Send us a -a self-stamped, addressed envelope. We'll send you one right back. we got 12,000 of these things around, so no problem. So put your blue bracelet on right now. Now, what is this all about? Why the blue bracelet? What Jesus was saying to us was this. There's a time in our lives when you and I have to understand something that we're a little unfamiliar with. I'm going to give you three keys that this bracelet addresses. I want you to write these three keys down right now. What Jesus was saying was this. God is here. He's the annoying one. He's here. He's here right now. By the way, number two, God is able. Because he's God, there's nothing impossible with God. And number three, the Jewish people didn't believe this. They were in dead religion. God's for you. And what he was saying is, I've come. God sent me to meet the needs of hurting people. Any of you know any hurting people around you? All around us? For the next year? Well, they're everywhere. Now, notice, I'll put in words what you read in 18 and 19. It's this. Jesus says, I, I've come to heal broken hearts. Think about the people you know. I've come to break oppressive habits. I've come to open spiritually blind eyes to the truth. I've come to free people from their satanic bondages. I've come to give people hope. And by the way, I've come to forgive people of their sins. That's what Jesus was saying to these herdy people. God is here, God is able, and God is for you. You see, the prophecy was already taking place. How come the people were jammed in the synagogue? Because Jesus had already begun doing what the Messiah was supposed to do. Well, one day, just before Jesus went back to heaven, went to the cross, then to heaven, he gave his statement to his disciples... And this is where you and I come in. Take a look at John fourteen twelve. Jesus said this to his disciples. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me, if you're a Christ follower, will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Well, what was Jesus saying? Some of you are saying, Pastor Mark, what does this have to do with me? I'm not Jesus. Here we are 2,000 years later. We're not in a synagogue in Nazareth. We're in a church building or a school building in one of our campuses. Jesus isn't here physically. He's here spiritually, but he's in heaven interceding for us. So what are you and I to... Why are we here? Well, we're here to fulfill what he did, what he just said. Next thing I want you to write down, and you need to understand it as you write it. Here's what Jesus was saying. Today, if you're a Christian... If you're a Christ follower, we are the mouth and the hands and the feet of Jesus. Jesus isn't here. We are his extension. And so as we look around our world, there's hurting people everywhere. So as you rear this bracelet and you just have it on, here's what I want you to begin doing. Let's make Jesus the talk of our towns let's believe God can make a difference in the lives of people. Well, how is that going to work? We don't go and say, on Monday, somebody comes up and says, what happened to your red bracelet? Well, Pastor told us, take them off. (laughs) Didn't want to, but actually, secretly, I wear it to bed at night. He just doesn't know it. What's that blue deal about? To be honest, I don't know. We're not going to have teaching until next week, but I'm wearing it. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you what it's about. If you're a guy and one of the guys at work or neighborhood or sports field says to you, what's it mean our God provides? Believe and enjoy. Well, what are you going to say to him? Well, you can give your testimony. You can just say this. And here's the way I plan to use it after I pray. Hey, George, uh, any need in your life today? Financially, spiritually? Well, to be honest, uh, there's a rumor going around that there's big layoffs coming and I don't know if they'll make a cut or not. And all I do, if I don't have, a job, I have no idea how I'm going to handle Well, would you mind me, uh, would you mind me praying with you? See, our God provides. We're going to learn that he's Jehovah Jireh. Does he provide? Yeah. Now, a lot of guys won't, I mean, you're not going to pray for me. That's all right. You can just pray for me at home. Say, I'll just pray for you at home if you don't want to pray. If he wants to pray, you pray. Ladies are a little more open sometimes, but not always. You're with uh, Mary and you say, Mary, and she says, hey, I know she got a new bracelet. What's the deal here? Our God provides. What does that mean to you? Well, our God's personal God. He knows us. He made you. Uh, Mary, is there anything I could pray with you about? Because our, our God can do amazing things. I don't know how I'll do it, but he can do amazing things. Well, to be honest, uh, I don't know if my marriage is going to make it. I'm really hurting. Well, Mary, let me, let me pray right now for your marriage in just a simple prayer. You see, we're the hands. We're the feet. We're the mouth of Jesus. How is this world going to be touched if we don't touch them? So we're going to learn next week how to be anointed to touch them. And we're going to touch them in a million ways. God's so creative. Some of you might have to take lunch over to people. Some of you might have to help somebody make a mortgage for a week. I don't know what God will do. But I want you to expect it. I want you to believe it. And then, when the stories come in, how God's ministered has nothing to do with Calvary Chapel. Get it out of your mind. It has to do with our great God. And over the next year, we're going to watch a myth in action our God, our real God who's going to use you and he's going to use others to meet the needs of hurting people all over the place.
0: We were encouraged today with the message that we're an extension of Jesus, here to minister to the needs of the hurt and the lost, just as he did during his time on earth. The scripture today showed us that it was prophesied people would denounce Jesus as a myth. He knew it was coming. Pastor Mark exhorted us to believe that God will provide and to carry that message to others in order to impress on them their need for a Savior. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB441, and the title of this message is How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is MB441, and the title of this message is How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark talks about what Jesus does to minister to hurting people and how He promises to meet our needs. We'll see that there is only one path to forgiveness, healing and freedom from bondage, and that's through our Savior, Jesus Christ. You will be encouraged and edified by this message of hope and salvation. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from our series entitled How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything. That's next time on Lessons for Living.